It's good to see you guys today. Welcome all those tuning in line. We're in a series, and this is part uh, six, I believe, of a series that's it's about mental health and about us learning how to be healthy emotionally and mentally in every area of life. And so uh, really, we're talking about leveling up. So if you want to get better in your finances, anybody want to get better in your finances? Anybody? Yeah? How many better in your relationships, right? Marriages, parenting, school, right? If you want to get better, uh, so here's the thing. We know this, that every battle is either won or lost in the mind first. And so we're talking about winning the battle in the mind, learning how to be able to have healthy mindsets, uh, healthy mental uh, health, right? And so we would stay healthy in, in all that we do. And so this is what this series is about. And so today we're going to just continue that idea on and we're going to talk about it. But here's what we've said so far. What you feed grows, right? We know this. You feed something, it's going to grow. And if you starve something, it's going to eventually shrink and die off. The same as our thoughts. If you, want, if you have healthy thoughts, positive thoughts, and you feed those, you'll have stronger positive thoughts. But if you have negative thoughts and you feed those, you'll have stronger negative thoughts, and it'll dominate your life. And so last week, uh, we talked about the five-second rule. If you missed it, I would actually say go watch that because it was, I, I think, one of the most helpful uh, tools I've given us is to, to be able to say when it comes to making choices, don't wait for your feelings because the truth is we hardly ever feel like doing the right thing or doing the hard thing or doing the thing we need to do. So we have to push past the feelings and just go for it. As we said, five, four, three, two, one, Level just do up. it. Level, level up. up. Level up. Level up. Whoa. So my <laughs> wife is here. I forgot for a second that she's with me. So. My hand was right here the whole time. <laughs> Since Sarah's helping me today, we're going to be uh, sharing together. And so, yes, level up. Level up. She showed me the song last week when I was talking. She said, that's a great – anyway, so not a great song, but it's a – that part's really good. So <laughs> five songs. So five-second rule. Just go for it, do it, right? And we said, make I'm sure. I'm basically just saying everything you guys are thinking. Okay, guys? <laughs> <laughs> so we said, choices lead and feelings follow. That was last week, right? So make sure you, you make, you choose the right, what you want to do and don't wait for the feelings because they'll never, ever get there. And this is why, because your life always moves in the direction of your strongest thoughts. So make sure your, your thoughts become strong in any area of life that you want to get better in, all right? All right. So today we brought a little, um, Kind of an illustration to help us with what we're going to be talking about today, all right? So most people have this in their house. I would think you'd have this in your house. This, oh, joy. Did you bring this for me? Yes. Happy Mother's Day. <laughs> Doesn't it feel like that sometimes, <laughs> ladies? So first, first service, Sarah said, don't worry, guys, we didn't bring our dirty laundry. And I said, oh, yes, we did. This is legitimately our dirty laundry. So this is like sits in our room, right? This is where we put our dirty clothes. So this was, uh, we had a wedding last night when the ladies in the church, and uh, we, uh, this is the shirt I wore, like legitimately just wore this last night. And uh, there's some other ones in there, you know, towels and stuff like that. But essentially, we all have this in, in our life, right? And uh, we, we tend to, uh, depending on how you handle things with chores and how you handle your cleanliness, your house, it could be different for different people. Um, but recently, we were watching a show called Hoarders. I don't know if you guys have seen this show on, on, online where uh, it talks about just people have struggled, right? And usually, it's attached to something in their life that they never dealt with. And so it, this, the, the symptom, right, is, is all the things that stack up and, and begin to be everywhere. And, and a lot of times, sometimes the psychologists and the counselors can help these people work through those things so they can finally clean the house and they can, they can save what they have, Right. But sometimes they can't do anything, and they have, the house has to be destroyed, and they lose everything, right? Sometimes, like, their, their cherished treasure things they wanted because of the things that came in, and just it, the mold, things like that happened like that. It destroyed even the, some of the things they valued so much. And so today, you know, sometimes in our lives, if we're not careful, um, the things that we don't address, the things that we leave, uh, the messes that we don't ever deal with, can become the things that actually keep us stuck at, a, at the level that we don't want to be at. Um, and so today we're going to use the clothes as analogy, all right? And so... Um, 
sometimes when you're young, you know, like when you think of laundry, it's kind of like this, right? It's kind of like just like everywhere, right? Like you just like, yeah, yeah, I used that the other day. And if you don't have a place to put it, it's going to kind of end up all over the place, right? And so um, this, this, these clothes, although it's a physical representation, it really is going to represent the, mess, the messes that we have in our life mentally that we've never dealt with. And when you don't deal with things in your life, right, um, they don't just go away. They stay there, and then eventually you just add on, like today's clothes. No, there will not be underwear coming out from here, guys. I know you're all looking for it. But yeah, she's but got a, a sock. She's got a sock. So, in your life, I don't know. I don't know if you're how, if you ever had these challenges, right? And this is not to ever, you know. Some people grew up in different situations, and so if this. Uh, something that maybe maybe some of the messes your parents went through they never dealt with. Maybe this is this might hit home a little harder, right? Because there might be issues in your past. When we talk about the past, it's always challenging because there's emotions attached to that. There's things that happened. There's incidents that went, took, took place. And so this is going to just represent really the messes that in our life that we don't deal with. And when you don't deal with it, it doesn't go away. And in fact, like today's clothes will eventually be thrown in with the rest of it if I don't have a place to put it, if I don't address the mess, right? So mentally, if you can imagine this physically, imagine mentally what we have inside of our mind when we don't deal with things that have happened to us. When something happened this week and you're just kind of stuffing it and just pretending it's not there, you're just kind of pushing it under and just going to go forward with it, right? That doesn't go away. Like, in fact, psychologists say you don't, when you don't address emotions, don't address things that happen in your life, it doesn't just go away. It actually just stays down there until there's an opportune time that it'll, it'll explode, it'll come out. You can't, just, you can't just make it go away by pushing away. You have to deal with it to eventually get it away. Same as dirty laundry, right? That's not going to just go away until you make a decision to start picking it up and put it in it where it needs to be. And so that's what we're we'll talking about today is addressing the mess. So it's Definitely. Yeah. So you guys, we, this really hits home to us in a lot of ways. We have four kids, and the laundry is nonstop. And uh, so we keep going and keep going with it. But one of the things is we just put into practice is making sure our kids are up to date enough and they can always see hmm, the basket's getting full, right? That's the helpful thing in it all. But one of the things is we're going we're gonna to talk through this is we're going to go through Romans. Let's read Romans 12 too. On the message it says, do not come, become so well adjusted to your culture that you, that you fit in without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside side out readily recognize that he wants for what he wants from you and quickly respond to it unlike the culture around you always dragging you down to its level of immaturity god brings the best out of you develops well-formed maturity in you yeah so today we're gonna talk about that right we're gonna say let's talk about maturity so culture if depending where you grew up in your home whatever it is there's certain things we allow right they just it becomes the norm even in different cities, there's things that you'll walk around and be like, don't they ever see that? And after a while, no, you don't see things. Like if this becomes normal, after a while, that just becomes the way it is. You just don't ever, after a while, you don't even see it. You don't even smell it. You don't even recognize that there is a mess there. Because when you don't address the mess, it doesn't go away. It still stays right there. So today we're going to talk about maturity and growing up and addressing those things. Definitely. We have some really close friends of ours that um, they have their pet owners, but she is one of those hypersensitive people about when we go to their house, the first thing she asks is, how does it smell? You know, how does it smell? We recently just bought a brand new home and we've been living in it for about a little over a month. And we went out of town for a couple of days, came back and it smelled like a new home still. And I'm like, that's crazy. We've been in here and all of our smells and everything has not even penetrated it yet. Right. 
But back to my friend, she every time we go to her house, she's like, does it smell okay in here? Does it smell like wet dog? Does it? Because she's lived in this environment for so long that sometimes she's so... She's so sensitive to what other people are smelling when they go to her house. And she, so she always asks me, because we're very close, she says, does it smell like dog in here, does it? And she's just always careful about that because she just lives in it so much, she just doesn't know if she just hasn't been sensitive enough to it. And it's funny because I'll go, it's like it's totally fine or whatever. And if it's strong, I'll just say, it smells a little bit. And then she gets so, like, nervous about, oh, my gosh, it smells bad, whatever. But it's because she's just trying to make sure she has a handle of what's going on in her house and what is being seen and what's being evident in it all. But it's pretty funny because I think about it when it comes to this. You know, sometimes we can live our life and we think there's no big dealio, you know, like nobody's seen anything. It's, this is probably one of the, the hardest, when we come to, when it comes to, to mental health or mind management, this is one of those ones that is really pivotal because everything else, people can, they can see it. But this one, if we're not dealing with our stuff, our dirty laundry, the issues that we haven't been, you know, working on, we can actually hide it and nobody will know, right? We can just, we can just, like, it's not a big deal. Nobody's going to know anyway. Nobody's going to know until they get to know you a little bit and they're going to be like, hmm, something's up or have you noticed or something? And it's like they're going into your house and they're like, there's something here, you know, kind of thing. So that's what we're going to talk through. Yeah, and so we had the, the, the lady she's talking about, they're close friends. They can trust us to ask us those things, right? And we can – they know we're going to give them feedback, and we're going to help them to understand things and know things that they might not see. Because sometimes in our lives, we can't see things that have been kind of normal for us, even when they're unhealthy. And we need people to be able to help us through that, so we're going to talk about that. And here's why. Because our life is always moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. And so if you're mess, you haven't addressed the mess in your mind, this, those thoughts are going to just continually impact the way you think about life, about work, about every area of your life. And so we want to make sure that we can do this. So today we're talking about mind management. Like like laundry management, right? There's some similarities. If you don't manage it, it doesn't just get fixed. It has to be somebody has to make a make a decision to do it. And so mind management is always always working on what you're thinking, what you're feeling, and what you're choosing, right? So our mind is a non physical uh, spiritual part of us that that impacts the thinking, the feeling, and the choosing that we make, the decisions that we make. So we have to make sure we we're aware of it because our mind is not the brain, but it's a t- it's the, the non physical part of us, the spiritual part of us that it impacts our brain because your thoughts are. are you making your brain healthier or unhealthy, and so we have to be aware of that. That we, we're aware of the thoughts and the direction that it's leading us in. That right. And so here's the thing: when it comes to thinking, when it comes to feeling, choosing, a lot of people they let their emotions lead, and they let negative thinking or thought patterns that they've always had continue there, and it impacts the things they choose. And so they continue to choose unhealthy things because they have not learned to address things in their past. And so today we're saying let's let's be aware of that. Right? Because here's the thing about emotions. Uh, Dr. Karen Leaf, one of the ladies, we've, the neuroscientists we've talked about in this whole series, is she says this. She says emotions, they don't happen to us. They are created by us, which is good news. Right? So if you have a negative emotion, the good news is you create that emotion, which means you can create a better emotion, a, a positive emotion. You can do something with it in a positive way. You're not stuck that way. And I think sometimes we feel like that way. Well, I'm always feeling this way. Well, because you're creating it. Emotions don't happen to us. They're created by us because of what we're thinking about, because of what we're focusing on. So we need to be mindful of that. And how easy it, it, is it for us to do that? Just go e- immediately, just go to the, like, the hardest and strongest 
you know, emotion and the fact that like, oh, this is what how it's going to end up being. And then the day later, you're like, wow, like I really like went a little far there with my emotions, you know, or even as parents, right? How we react to things. It's really, really hard because we're over here trying to raise little ones, right? And be good models of it all. And sometimes we blow it. Honestly, we sometimes blow it. And some days we're just cool and chill and we're like, wow, good job, you know? But the biggest thing is, is we can't be able to invest and be healthy and, and, and model healthy if we're not being aware that we need to have that mind management. We need to be able to be aware of what we're thinking, how we're feeling, and the things that we're choosing because we want to raise healthy generation, right? We want to raise um, kids that, that don't always have to go and say, well, it was because of, it was because of, you know, it's really sad, honestly, because I have with as far as family dynamic, I have people in my family or I have heard a lot of people that say, you know, I am dealing with this because uh, it was because of my family or because of this family issue or because of. And it's hard because we're we're just not dealing with it. Our laundry is just laying out there and say, well, it's no big. It's no biggie. It's, it's just it's whatever we put just push it under the rug. And depending on what kind of family environment you lived in, sometimes it's easy for some families to say, oh, it's not a big deal. We just push things under the rug and we don't deal with it. But then later on as adults, we go through things and then we realize, why is this trigger or why is this thing bothering me so much? Because we haven't dealt with certain things and sometimes it's family history or issues. Yeah, things that happen to us. So like laundry, right? So over time you accumulate things, right? Uh, physically, but then even mentally. And so, like, uh, we were, before we bought this new house, we just moved into the house, and before that, we were at another house for 10 years. Well, after 10 years, you accumulate stuff, right? So we made a decision, when we we're in this new house, what are the things that we don't want anymore? What are we going to purge? And we realized that there's a few things you can do with the things that you had. You can repurpose them, you can recycle them, you can reject them and throw them away, or you can reclaim some of those things, right, that maybe were in boxes that you're like, wow, I haven't had that in a box for 10 years. I think I'm going to put that out in, on my wall now, right? And we, you begin to, to look through those things. So same is true with our past. The laundry, the, the messes in our mind, you can repurpose it, you can recycle it, you can reject it. And a lot of times those, some of the things we need to do is reject those things. Or you can begin to reclaim some of those things. Maybe we're in the past. that we're, And we're you really to. don't know until you start digging, right? You really don't know until you start opening up the garage and you say, whoa, this box is still here. And some of it is like, oh, wow, it's like a treasure. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, it's like I was looking for this thing. And some of it is it just opens up and you're just like, well, I guess we really didn't miss this for the last 10 years, you know. Um, but it's just crazy because you really don't know until you start digging it. I let, I mean, we've moved three times in our life, three times, and every time it's like the big purge, right? Um, but um, it, it has allowed us to really, you know, kind of go through those things. And it just reminds me of this is like how many times do we just kind of just – well, it doesn't fit in the house, so just put it in the garage. And we do that mentally in our head, like, oh, just put it over there. It's not, just put it over there. Just put it over there. And we have to be aware. We got rid, I think, honestly, like a third of our things moving into this house. And for a lot of people, that's a big deal. They said, oh, it's 10 years. But that was a lot. Like, I, the savers probably were like, these people are crazy. Like, you know? <laughs> you guys have some more stuff. If you, you guys know. need any of our stuff, go to savers. <laughs> Yeah, it, but it felt so good to get rid of a lot of stuff because you just weren't using it or wasn't around, right? It just feels good. And so in our lives, here's what I love. So Paul, the Apostle Paul, is probably the best at this, right? When it comes to the mind health and uh, managing our emotions, he writes some great things. Because if you look at the life of Paul, so he's in prison, 
And he's writing these letters from prison, but they're not negative. They're not, he's not angry. He's not blaming everybody else. He's actually saying in the middle of this, war situ- this bad situation, God still wants to do something good. And over and over, he keeps saying these things, right? So what I love about the Bible, and I love about even as, as, as technology and, and science and education begins to learn more about how we're made, like it only explains what the Bible has always talked about for, for a long time. For example, like Dr. Karen Lee, she's a neuroscientist, right? So she's always doing these, these studies on the brain and, and figuring out how we're wired and how we're made and, and things like that. And so what they call it, psychologists and neuroscientists, they have these phrases, right? So Paul didn't call them these things, but we now understand that these, these are some techniques. These are things that you can do to have healthy mind uh, health, right? Uh, uh, healthy mindsets. And that's like one, of the, one of the words they, they call is reframing, right? So this Paul was great at this. He was always able to reframe whatever he was going through. So it's a bad situation. Paul says, it's really not that bad. <laughs> I've just gotten beaten up and I'm in prison, but hey, look at the bright side. I get to write letters and I get to help a lot of people come to Christ. And my, my strength in going through the suffering is encouraging other Christians to keep going. So he takes a bad thing and he reframes it and says, there's something positive here, right? He's the guy that wrote, hey, it doesn't matter whatever happens to us. God can take that thing and repurpose it and he can work it to, for the good of all those who love Christ. So if you've gone through something bad, he'll take that bad. He'll turn it into something good. Like, how could God ever do something bad? Well, maybe you, maybe you used to be an alcoholic, right? You struggle with that. Like, how is that good? Well, when you break that, you can now go help other alcoholics who struggle to break that also. It's repurposing. It's helping us to reframe whatever we've gone through. And we can do this over and over. So here's a couple of phrases I learned this, this like when it come, last week when it comes to, to uh, reframing and just some tools that we can use for, for um, mental health, right? So anxiety, reappraisal, and anchoring. So let me talk to you about these two ideas when it comes to reframing and, and, and taking control of your mind, right? So anxiety, reappraisal means this. If, if you've ever been in a, like a near-miss car accident, anybody, right? You get that, those adrenaline, all that, that emotions, kind of like, oh, my God, I almost died, right? And in the car, the, the, the incident goes away, and it's kind of like whew, you start breathing again. Like it's gone. It's passed, right? Because after the near-miss near accident, you're, you're, you finally tell your brain like, hey, we're safe now. You can calm down, right? Well, when somebody has any kind of anxiety, uh, is, like challenges, right? When they when, when they um, have an anxiety attack, or uh, which usually is, it's attached to some kind of fear, right? The fear of the unknown, fear that something's going on, uh, fear of what might take place. And when they have an anxiety attack, it's the same physiological issue as as a near miss, right? And your body kind of begins to have this adrenaline, begins to freak out. But when you're in your kitchen, standing there, like, why am I freaking out? You have no reason. You're kind of thinking, like, what is going on? And you don't tell your brain, like, it's okay, nothing's wrong, and your body doesn't, can't calm down, and it just can stir up other things, right? And so what they say is when you have these things, anxiety reappraisal is getting to a place where you, you, you learn to call out what it is that's calling that. You identify it. You give, it, you give your brain um, context for what's going on, right? So like a great example of this is uh, anxiety reappraisal is if you're afraid of something, being a fearful of something and being excited is the same exact chemicals inside your body. So roller coaster. Have you ever been on a roller coaster? Yeah, first time is like, no way, I'm not going to roller coaster, right? You're afraid. You're going to die. And then after a while, you say, I'm still maybe a little anxious or whatever, but I'm going to call this excitement because that's what it is also. It's excitement, right? People that are afraid of public speaking, they say they would say, I'm a fear of public speaking. Well, if you, re- if you would, would take a reappraisal and say, I'm actually excited, 
you can actually reverse your fear of public speaking to an excitement for learning and growing and knowing you're not going to do good the first time, but you're going to do that. Right? So that's one, one idea is that you change that. And the psychology is crazy. It's interesting. Is this, this model is also in kids. We see it in kids with preschoolers. Some kids will say that they're scared, but they're really not scared. They've only known that word or they're fearful, but really they're so excited they just don't know how to express it. So some kids will say, I'm, I'm scared, but they're not scared. They're just so excited that they're using the word scared. That's why we have to be very careful what words we use around kids, okay, coming to parenting here. Because we can say, are you scared? And they might not even feel like they're scared at all. We can say, are you excited? Can we reframe that for our kids also? Because that's the other thing is there's going to be a lot of things our children, whether they're adults or young, that they go through, and our response can either set the temperature, right, to what's going to go on in their head. And so we can say, what's up? We can actually ask them what's going on. And a lot of kids cannot express what they really feel like. Because even for us adults, I mean, I might be just like going you know, crazy with anxiety and fear and all this stuff. In my head, I'm saying I'm dealing with anxiety and fear and all this stuff, but some of it might be something different, and we just don't know what to call it. You know what I'm saying? But with learning and growing, we're learning and growing, right? And so with children, I think that's why we have to be also aware is that when we look at that, we say, okay, like even us, we can say, God, help me to be refra- reframe my situation right now. Like take a step back. Say, God, help me to reframe the situation. Am I scared right now? Am I fearful right now? Am I anxious right now? Or am, or am I just so excited because I don't have control and I don't know what to do? You know what I'm saying? What, what's really going on here? Because I think the enemy can definitely say, oh, it's fear. And it's not fear. It might not be fear at all. And so that's why it's very important also as parents is what words are we using also for kids to, un- to be able to communicate what's really going on? If we don't even know what those words are, too, you know, yeah. so you could beat anxiety, you could beat fear by learning how to, to manage your mind in those settings. Right. So you're giving context. Right. So you're that you're reappraising what you're feeling. You're not just calling it anxiety. You're not calling it fear. But you're beginning to say, hey, in the middle of this, what else is there that I may be missing? Right. Um, uh, there's another one. It's called anchoring. So anchoring is when you're when you're feeling something that's difficult, you anchor your thoughts in something that's better than whatever you're going through. Right, so one lady she says anchoring for her was when she's going on an airplane. She was afraid to die, right? And she said, I always felt like when the pilot came on, that was like his way of saying, Okay, we're not we're no longer in jeopardy of, of dying, right? We're okay now for a while until the turbulence comes. And so her whole process of flying, she was always afraid, always afraid, always afraid. And so what she began to do, one is is say, you know, if I I'm excited, I'm excited for this. I'm excited to go see my friends, I'm excited to go to the beach, I'm excited wherever she was going. And begin to, to, to reappraise that, those feelings. But then she said she'd have to remind herself that she's going to something good, right? She can't wait to be on the beach and have, have a great, you know, whatever it is she's going to enjoy, you know, the sand or have a good meal with a friend that she's going to go visit. And she would anchor, right, her, 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 the moment in something that was positive. And if she can see that, then she knew that she made it through. And that causes her to kind of have a little more peace in the middle of what she was afraid of. And now when she flies, she says she can do that. And it, the, those, those anxieties and fears have no longer have control on her because she's anchoring in something better. Paul does this so great, right? So Paul's in prison. He says, hey, guys, I'm writing for prison. And if I die, well, to, to, what do you say? To, to die is gain. Like I get to go to heaven. And, to, and to, to live is Christ. So if I live on earth and let me stay a little longer, they don't kill me yet, I get to write more books. I get to more, write more letters and write, write to people and encourage them. But if I die, I'm going to heaven. What is he doing? He's reframing a situation to say, I'm going to anchor my life in something bigger than the moment. 
And when we don't have something bigger, anything we face that's hard and difficult will cause us to have anxiety and fear, and we won't be able. So God is saying, learn to anchor yourself in something else. So when you're a Jesus follower, essentially you're anchoring yourself in his promises. You're anchoring your life in something that's better than whatever you'll ever face. And when you have that anchor, you can then begin to say, God, whatever I go through, I trust you. You're going to work it through. And then we, that helps us to begin to address the message of saying, I'm going to deal with the past so that I can move into the future with freedom. I can move into the future with, with more. Right. How many of you guys have remember, like, even also back to the preschool age when the child would fall and hurt themselves and everybody's like, don't react direct. Don't say nothing. Don't do anything. Like, because we've learned that if we react and we say, oh, my gosh, did it hurt? Oh, my gosh, there's blood. Oh, my gosh. What is that going to cause, right? It's just going to cause, like, hysteria and all this stuff. And so uh, one of the things that we learned as parents is that we needed to not diminish what happened, but the, the, the art of distraction, right? The art of distraction. Redirect. Redirect and reframe, right? Because most of the time, even with children, they're scared to do that slide the first time, right? They go down that slide, and the whole time they're like, oh, and they, 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 they think they're scared. But they go down, and they actually enjoy it, and then at the end, they sit there. They kind of hurt themselves after they fall on their butt, but then you're like, yay, and they're just like, I don't know if I like sure that. Yeah, I don't know if they like that. So it's just funny to kind of see that even when they're in that preschool age of, of you know, dealing with that. But sometimes we're like that, right? We're just like, I don't know how, I don't know how this is going to be. And that's okay. I don't know how this is going to be, but we should not just call it fear immediately. We cannot say it's anxiety. And I am not diminishing fear, anxiety, depression in any ways, because I've been there, done that. Um, but I think that that's where we just have to remember how powerful our mind is for us to be aware, again, my management of our feelings and how we, how we choose our choosings. And, and all of that. And so I think that's just really big. It's really big. And it, it directs our lives. Yeah, and the whole process is about maturing, right? We're helping our kids to see beyond what they can see, right? Yes, there's a little bit of pain, but in that pain, there's purpose. In that pain, you're learning something. You're, you're trying to try something new. You're going to fall down. You're going to, there's, you're going to hurt yourself. And that's okay. That's part of the process, right? We're going, to, we're going to work on that and deal with that and help them to move forward with it. So definitely one of the things that I've heard um, we hear pretty probably probably more often is when we've heard the term and maybe a lot, obviously a lot more men have heard this is when you've heard the term man up. And so some people have probably heard that and that might be just like a, a bad thing when you hear it. Um, but I actually went into the, the dictionary and actually said, what does man up mean? Man up means to make an effort to deal with something such as an obligation or a challenge in a way that is considered strong or manly. And I think this is important because some people have used it in a, in a negative way, but I think this is the opportunity and this is what we're talking about. When it comes to maturity, we have to say, you know what? Man up for all the men in the house and for the women. Women up, all right, women? It's kind of like saying level up, right? Grow up, grow up. Nobody likes to be hurt, told that. Grow up. You're so immature. You know, any of that, none of it. But especially, so, especially when you say it that way, jeez. Please don't tell me. It. It's the only way to say it. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Baby, you're better at that than I am. Thanks. Grow up. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and maybe you've been told that, you know, but it's not nice. It's not a fun, a fun thing to hear. But you know what? I think one of the most powerful things is when it comes to my management is to be able to tell ourselves that, you know, there's some days that we might need to look up in the mirror and just say, girl, woman up. Let's do this. Let's get, let's do this. Let's get this. And, you know, I'm really, I'm, I really try to do that more. I, I kind of 
tend to easily slide into a negative mindset very easily. But I have to put a purpose and a plan of saying, no, I need to deal with the mess. Uh, one thing I've learned, um, you know, like with having four kids, if we just let it pile up to the end of the weekend, guess what I'm doing all weekend? I'm doing laundry. I'm cleaning. I'm frustrated. And nobody's going to do it the right way because we're all overwhelmed. I'm just get it done. Ah, you know? And one of the things I've heard is a successful house that stays clean is going around 20 minutes a day and just picking up and putting things in its place. Doing that 20 minutes a day keeps your house clean. And it keeps mama happy. <laughs> and so uh, that's one thing is that we're going to have to get to a place where we also put per, like purpose and habits in our lives that say, okay, what do I need to do in my spiritual walk or in my mental walk 20 minutes a day that keeps me to where I don't end up being at the end of the week and I blow up because I haven't been managing my mind. I haven't been dealing with it. I've just been letting it all pile up, and then all of a sudden I have six loads of laundry, and I'm not going to the laundromat. It's not cleaning day, you know? And so I think that's where we have to be able to say, girl, woman up. And man, man up. Man up, man up. Man up, girl up. up. Yeah, mature. And that's the process, right? So like in our – Early in our marriage, we'd fight over things that were really silly, right, because the emotions got the best of us, because – for immature reasons, right? Our thinking or emotions, we'll let those control. Now, as we were, we're about to celebrate 19 years of marriage, we've learned there's some things. Yeah, good job. So, yeah, thank you. So as we celebrate, we realize there's some things that aren't worth fighting for, right? There's, we can reframe it. We could talk about it different. We can maybe ask more clarifying questions instead of assuming things, right? We could ask, ask things. So we've learned it as a maturing process, right? So 19 years of marriage, that means like we're adults now in our marriage, right? We have to leave the adolescence. We have to leave the teenage years. We're almost there, 19. We're more your teenagers as marriage. But anyways, you get the point, right? You have to begin to grow up in your relationship. The same is true in our mind. If we don't address it, it's going to stay, right? So Paul says this in Philippians. He's in prison. He's telling us to make sure you focus on the right things. He says this. Finally, believers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable and worthy of respect, whatever is right and confirmed by God's word, whatever is pure and wholesome, whatever is lovely and brings peace, whatever is admirable, any of, anything of good repute, if there is anything excellent, if there's anything worthy of praise, think continually on these things. So he says, when he says think continually, he's saying send your mind on them, Right? Um, and, and implant them in your heart. So think about them so often that you can get them to a place of where those negative things are not controlling your life or your emotions, but the thoughts you're thinking, the positive things that God's wanting to do in your life become the thing that helps you to, be, to make the right choices, right? And, and if you look, this is, he's given us a peek into his mind. He's given us a peek into what he does to manage his mindset, right? If you're in prison, you can have a lot of reasons to be mad at God and mad at everybody else, right? Because he's in prison for doing good things, preaching the gospel, you know, helping people be set free from demons, all these things that he's been doing. And, he, and he's there, he's saying, and instead of focusing on the negative, he says, let's focus on what God wants to do. Continually think on these things. Send your mind on them, right? So much so that they become a part of who you are, how you think, how you, how you reason in life. So he's saying, deal with these messes, right? And let God become the one that helps you I can't you handle it. this no more. So she's going to start dealing with the mess. I'm I will help start you. Where's, with where's this. the basket? You got the basket? So at some point, you have to start somewhere. She said 20 minutes. Maybe 20 minutes sounds like a big deal to you. Start somewhere. One minute, two minutes, right? Five, four, three, two, one. I'm just going to go for it. You understand? I had a hard day at work. It's hard to deal with these things, right? I don't have time to do this. Five, four, three, two, one. Don't let your emotions, don't let what you feel control. You just do the right thing. You start at it. Or it's 
Um, I'm dealing with everybody else. I can't focus on me right now. I can't deal with it. No, no. Let me think about other people first. So then we say, I'm going to just deal with other people. And so all their laundry is clean because you're listening to everybody else's problems, right? And all their problems are clean. But then you're like, oh, I don't have anything to wear. <laughs> Let me just pull this out of the laundry. <laughs> Smell it. That's not bad. <laughs> I'm just going to put this dirty thing back on because I deal with everybody else's stuff, but I don't know how to deal with my laundry, right? I don't know how to deal with my laundry because I'm paying – and moms, I'm talking to you, all right? Because we can. It's easy for us to just be able to just fix, fix, fix and talk and listen to everybody else. But we just throw things in the laundry and we say, oh, I'll get to it, I'll get to it. But – we don't get to it because we're just focusing on everything else. And we have to deal with this because if we're going to be healthy moms and healthy and raise healthy kids, we have to say, no, you know what? My clothes have to be washed too. My mess has to be cleaned too. If I have to go see a counselor, I will see a counselor. If I need to get a group gang, girl gang, well, that went where I leave dark real fast. <laughs> girl gang, <laughs> a girl gang together, not to gossip, but to be able to say, hey, girl, how you really doing? Women, we are not competition. We are not competition. We are supposed to be on the same team. We're supposed to be encouraging each other. We should be able to have people that we can call and say, hey. And, and sometimes it's family, and that's great. And sometimes it's not. Sometimes my, some of my closest friends are not family at all. And just being able to say, hey, I'm not doing okay. My laundry's stacking up, and I need to be able to let some of it out. But also being able to have people in our lives that can come into your space, in, and, and, and going back to the home thing, coming into your space and saying, mm, something's off. Like, are you okay? Are you okay? And it's like, no, I'm, I'm totally okay. Everything's good. All the laundry's clean. Everybody's good. And I'm like, no, girl. How you really doing? Like, there's something, there's a smell. There's something, something's not right. And they can be honest with you, and you're not going to get all bent in shape and give anybody a hinyosa. You know, it's just like, that's it. Like, you're just like, okay. Let's let's talk about this. What is the issue here? Um, and so I think that is good. And then also we're modeling that it's okay to ask for help. Sometimes it's okay to ask for help. I think that's probably the hardest thing as a mom to say, I need help or I need a break because we do need breaks in that way too. Some of it's a mental break and some of it is a break for us to actually dig, go through our laundry, go through the garage and say, what is really going on? Because it takes one thing to trigger, and then all of a sudden Eric's like, what's going on? Why are we fighting? And I'm like, it's because of this and this and this and this, and it really wasn't because he forgot to put the clothes in the laundry. You know what I'm saying? And so, yeah. yeah. So I was, I was That's why like groups are important, right? We, yeah. we encourage groups because you get around people that you can be challenged by. You can, you can help. They can help you. That's really important. So Paul also says these things, like in Second Corinthians, he says, we demolish arguments, right? And every pretension sets itself against the knowledge of God. We take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So he says, don't let your thoughts run wild. Don't let your emotions control. Don't let those dictate your choices, but rather take captive those thoughts, right? So you can make them obedient to Christ. So there's a, a, a verse in Proverbs 31. I'll let you read this. Um, you going to read what we have? Yeah, yeah okay. I'll read what you have. Um, in Proverbs 31, I thought this is just, this is, this goes with today. It says in Proverbs 31, this is the Proverbs 31 woman. And so you'll, you might have heard this before or not, but it's a mature woman. It's showing maturity. And so in Proverbs 31, 25 to 29, it says she is clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. She speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction in her tongue. She watches over the affairs of the household and she does not eat the bread of the idleness. 
It says, her children arise and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. She considers. That's it. Oh, that's it. Yeah. So Proverbs 31 is about a mature woman, right? And, and I like what she was there. said. She, she puts on those clothes, right, of dignity. She can wear those clothes. Um, and and, and it, it, it gives her a picture of this. What's really interesting about this, this part of the Bible is it's from the middle of Proverbs down of, of 31, uh, it's, really, it's, it's really based every, – every verse is based on the alphabet of the, of the Hebrew um, alphabet. So, so it's like you know, many women will, will do noble things. So if, if I was explaining sincerity, right, if this was like a, a poem about sincerity, a noble woman, I'd be like, A – She's awesome. B, she's beautiful, right? C, she's creative. And I can just go down the list. That's kind of what the, what the author of, of this proverb is doing. He's giving this, this, this handles, but then understand this is what a mature woman looks like. This is what a mature person looks like. They're dealing with things. They're aware of things. They're planning for the future. I mean, look at what it says in the Amplified Version. I love it. She says, it says she considers a field before she buys or accepts it, expanding her business prudently. So she's, she's, she's thinking about things. She's aware, right? And with her prophet, she plants fruit vines in her, in her vineyard. She equips herself with strength. That would be spiritual, mental, and physical fitness for her God-given task and makes her arms strong. So she's, she's aware of the future. She's doing these things, right? She sees that her gain is good. Her lamp does not go out, but it burns continually through the night. So she's been preparing for whatever lies ahead, right? And it says strength and dignity are her clothing, and her position is strong and secure, I love this. She smiles at the future knowing that she and her family are already prepared. She has anchor. She's anchored her for her future, right? She has anchor thoughts of saying, man, I've taken care of my mess. I can know it's going to be okay in the future. We're prepared. We're ready for these things. And really, it's a, it's a picture of a, of a mature person that has dealt with their stuff. They're, they're, he's not talking about the, the messes because she's dealt with the message. And then beyond that, she's now making wise choices to be responsible and help others be responsible. And this is what God calls us to as Jesus followers, that we grow and mature so that we can help others mature and grow. We take responsibility for our lives so we can help others learn to take responsibility for their lives. Because you know what happens to immature people? They get married to other immature people, and they raise immature kids. And the mess just goes on and on and on. And at some point, God is saying, would you become the person that breaks that? Would you become the person that becomes mature and learns to think beyond? Learns to take control of your thoughts, take control of your emotions, take, make wise choices with your life, right? And it's kind of like the opposite, right? So instead of having uh, dirty laundry, which you do, like, so if we're talking about the messes of our mind, right? If you, if you don't deal with the messes in your, in your life, you have a lot of stinky thoughts, right? It's you like, so. man, what is your deal? I don't know. <laughs> just I hate life. <laughs> Everything is wrong. I hate people. Like, why? Well, I was hurt when I was young, and I never dealt with it. I never reframed it. And everything that you ever think and everything you go through, you don't deal with the messes, they impact your life, right? You don't address the mess, your life will stink. Your thoughts will stink. Your marriage will stink. Your finances will stink. Everything will stink if you don't deal with the messes. We understand this physically, but we don't always get this when it comes mentally or spiritually. And God is saying learn to deal with the messes. And once you address the mess, right, then something good happens. You actually have what? Clean clothes. Clean clothes. But the biggest thing is when we manage our thoughts, our emotions, and our choices, we deal with the mess. We press the play button. We put soap in there, you know. It gets cleaned, and it comes out, and all the ladies are saying, and it sits there for a little bit, (laughs) right? And it does take time, and it takes process, right? So, yes, we have to cheer on. Yes, the clothes are clean. 
Now, whether we hang them or we dry them, then that happens. And then they're all dry. We pull them out. We put them in our basket, and it might sit there another day, right? <laughs> Come on, somebody. And then we have to get them on the bed. And then what we do is we have to fold them. And then after we fold them, we have to put them away. We have to deal with it so that we can actually put it away. And sometimes it lingers. And like I said, it takes a process. But once it's done, isn't it nice to put everything away? You sit there and you're like, yes. And then you have something clean to wear. So you go to the closet and you get this and you pull out. Oh, uh oh, uh oh. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so I watch it again. Now, wow. All right, sensitive, sensitive. All right. <laughs> Our poor electric guitarist, he gives sincerity this is a gift, and, man, he gets beat up for being a Raiders fan. <laughs> but you pull it out, right? And yeah. I know, like, so sincerity, she goes to the – there's specific ones that she'll wear. Uh, he pulled it? out my clothes. I did. I, I got one here. Look at this. Okay. Made for this. This is a good one. Yeah. Good, good little message, right? One of our team shirts. I was made for this. I got but this you one get for Mother's Day. Ones. Let me show you. That is nice. Mama, Mama. you know I Sing it, baby. Sing it. You. You're the queen of my heart. Okay. So I know when society goes to the drawer and she pulls out this shirt, two things are going to happen, right? She's going to go exercise um, or she's going to clean. I'm going to get stuff done. She's going to get stuff done, right? No, 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 no. It's not only this. It's getting this done because it has like this, has this mantra inside. It's like blood, sweat, respect, blood, sweat, respect. And I'm like, yes, come on. And then I go get my eyeliner on on. and I put it on and I'm like, let's do this. Like, and this, is what the Prover- this is what the Proverbs 31 woman does. Yeah. She clothes herself with dignity and respect. Right? She's ready to take on the world. She's ready to go get her stuff done, mainly because she's addressed the mess, right? She doesn't have to keep going to this because she's addressed it. Now she has something to wear. She has something mm-hmm. to move forward in life. And this is her hope for all of us, that we would address the messes so that the past doesn't keep us stuck. We can go to the next level, right, because we're addressing those things. Mm-hmm. So we have a financial group called Financial Peace. They're addressing the message of their finances. They're learning tools, right, so they can go to the next level financially, right, so they can retire. They can send their kids to college. They can do these different things because they're planning for it. We have a freedom group that we're talking about the past. We're digging out those things that are the dirty laundry that are in the garage and the closet hidden. We're saying let's deal with it so you can be free from those things so you can walk in freedom into the future, right? We have marriage classes. We have relationship classes. We have women's studies, right? What are they doing? They're saying let's talk about these things so we can get them on the table so we can talk about them and do the laundry so we can eventually have something better than just stinky thinking and stinking relationships and everything else. Let's work on those things, all right? You guys with us? Yeah? All right. So here's our challenge. This week, would you reframe and would you anchor your thoughts? Right? Learn to manage your thoughts, learn to manage your emotions, learn to manage the choices that you're making. Right? If you don't address the mess, your life will stink. You have to start somewhere. Start small, but just start and don't stop. Get help, get in a small group, reach out to others, right? And begin to say, Man, I want I want to level up. I want help me to do this. See, so amateurs, they learn by trial and error. Professionals always get coaching. So if I want to get better in marriage, if I want to get better at being a pastor, if I want to get better at being a parent. I need to find coaching. I need to find somebody that can help me see what I don't see to address things I don't know so I can go to the next level. We all need this. So don't be an amateur. It's just going to be like, well, one day I'll figure it out. But no, no, get, get people around you. You can, you can be honest with and you can help. Any last comments? Definitely. And I think the, the earlier the better, right? Because the earlier the better we, we resource and get coached, then the healthier we can be. And, again, we are models.
We are models of what the next generation sees in us. Um, and we can always be an impact to people around us. And so the laundry's got to get done. It's going to get done all the time, and it's always going to happen. And I think, you know, I go back to the Proverbs 21 scripture, and it's like when, when the laundry's all done and it's all there, um, it's prepared and it's ready so that when something else comes, we're not like, oh, my gosh, freaking out. We're saying, no, I'm dressed. I'm clothed in dignity and strength because I got this because I was prepared because the laundry's done. It's folded and it's put away. You know what I'm saying? And so that it's not just we want you guys to be healthy and it's going to be good and then just deal with it and you got it. Like check mark off. It's not that. It's also because then you're ready. And the next time it comes, you got your armor on. You're thinking about the right things. And then you're ready because you're just like, I got this. I am clothed in dignity and strength. And I got this. So Yeah, that's good. Awesome. So we're going to end our service. Do me a favor. Would you close your eyes and bow your head? I want to say a prayer, and then I'm going to give an invitation for those that want to take the next step of your faith journey to follow God. God, thank you for today. I pray that you would help us, Lord God, to take this to heart, that this week we would begin to reframe uh, and anchor our thoughts into something that's better into your promises, Lord God, into your word. And God, I pray for those that maybe this stirs up a little bit of the past, and maybe they haven't dealt with their messes, but you're beginning to remind them what's there. God, I pray you'd give them courage and strength to address that so they can be free from those things that have kept them back. They can learn from it, Lord. They can repurpose it. They can reframe those things and, and uh, recycle those things and just trust you in all areas. And so, today I pray for those, Lord God, that maybe that are watching online or here in the Grove Central, that you would help us to level up, Lord God, mentally, emotionally, relationally, financially, and our relationship, Lord God, as parents and students. And God, we just invite you to lead us to become the best version of ourselves that we can become. And God, that we will learn from Paul and from your son Jesus that we would learn to manage our thoughts, to manage our emotions, to make healthier choices, better choices. Today, we just invite you to lead us and guide us. Thank you for that, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you keep your heads bowed and eyes closed? If you're here today, watching online, or you're in the room, and you would like to take that step of the next step of the faith journey of saying, God, you know what? I've, I've kind of just been managing my life, and it doesn't really work all that well when I'm doing it myself. And today, I want to do what what it means to be a Jesus follower is to follow Jesus' example, to follow his lead. And maybe today you're here and you would acknowledge that there's messes you haven't addressed. And you know, one major mess that a lot of people don't address is the spiritual mess of the choices that we make that separate us from God and that cause us to break relationships with others. The Bible says that if you will confess those sins, you know, tell God that you're sorry for those sins, you know, repent return, and, and turn away from those sins, he's actually, he'll forgive you of all those things. So essentially... All that dirty laundry of the sins that we've committed, when we say, God, forgive me, he comes and he helps you do the laundry. He helps you clear out that part of your past. He says he forgives you. He's faithful and just to forgive us of every sin when we confess. And so maybe today the mess that you need to deal with is the spiritual message saying, God, I've done it my own for too long. Today I say yes to you. I choose you. Come into my life. Lead me. If that's you and you want to say this prayer, would you let me know that you're here just by lifting your hand? Awesome. I see a few hands. Anybody else? Awesome. God, I want to address the mess of things I've done contrary to you. Anybody else? Awesome. I see quite a few hands going up. For you that raise your hand, would you pray this prayer with me? And if you're Jesus following this room, would you pray with us? They're not praying alone. If you're online watching, you want to pray with us? Join us in praying this. Say this. Say, Father God, today I want to address the mess of my sins. Forgive me for my past, for my mistakes, for my choices that have led me away from you. Today, 
I go your way. I choose you. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to give me an example of how to live. I declare that he's the Lord of my life. I believe he's alive today. I put my trust in you. I put my hope in you. Lead me and guide me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Come on, church. Let's celebrate those who prayed. So good. If you're in the room and you pray that prayer, you're online, you're watching, you pray that prayer, do me a favor. Today, would you text the number 94000 and just put TGSF, which just means the Grove Santa Fe, right? TGSF, and just put, I prayed. I'd love to send you a recess resource with some next steps. So if, you're, if you pray that prayer, you've never been water baptized. Water baptism is the next step of saying, God, I say yes to you. And then I'll send you a resource of helping you to learn some of these tools that we talked about today and other ones about Bible and, 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 and freedom. And all, it's a great resource. So just reach out to me. We'd love to give you that, all right, to help you on that journey.